doing the recordings and the audio and the transcript is a lot easier than writing a book. So I'd say if that's what's making you write the book, forget the book. Just go to audio because the transcripts of all your interviews together is your book. And you can sell the audio recordings for ten times you can for the book. a 30-minute consult with one of my audio marketing secret students. Her name is Brittany. And boy, Brittany had a lot of questions. She writes an email to me requesting a consultation. She says, I have no money to get started, plus absolutely no experience with creating and selling an info product. So my plan is to start selling a receipt ebook on eBay. She asked me about this idea, and you'll hear my answers. She also wants to know how she should approach someone for joint venture marketing. She has questions about whether an oral agreement or a written contract is enough in setting up deals. She has a vast number of business opportunities in front of her, and one of the hardest things she's trying to figure out is which one to approach. So in this interview, you're going to hear me dissect her ideas. You're going to hear me categorize them and tell her which ones I think are the best. You're going to hear me tell her how she can leverage her time the most using joint ventures, and you're going to hear some other secrets that I've never explained in my audio marketing secrets consults. Now let's get going, and I hope you enjoy. So what are you doing now work-wise and stuff? Really, I'm not doing anything. I'm 23. I've been out of school for about a year, and I really just wanted to get something going. I took this time off to find out if there was anything else out there other than just going to school and getting a regular job. What did you major in? I double majored in political science and journalism. I see. So are you a good writer? Well, I think I'm pretty good. Well, with journalism, I'm sure you learned the gamut, newspaper writing and all that. It was very useful for what I intend to do now. Yeah, that's a very valuable skill, being able to write, absolutely, and especially with copywriting. Hopefully I can give you my advice on what I would do. It's not always the right way, but I'll give you my best advice on what I've been doing, and I'll just tell you how it is from my point of view, and you can do what you want with it. Okay. Well, the first question I really had was, right now I don't have a whole lot of money to invest, so I'm really virtually starting with nothing. And really my question was, because I've never been really involved in the info product business before, I mean, I've gotten courses, but I've actually never really pursued it. Is it pretty much okay to just start with the ebook to maybe generate some revenue to put back into the business? And the one ebook that I did want to get started with was maybe a recipe book because it seems the easiest thing to get started with, and it seems like something that, if marketed well, could actually sell well. I think so. There's nothing wrong with starting an ebook. It's a great way to start. With what I teach with Audio Marketing Secrets, if you start with that ebook and then you add audio to it and build it out from there, that's totally doable, especially with a recipe book. There's a great interview on my site that I can send you to with a gentleman named Mike Simonic, and he sold 500,000 copies of his recipe book, which was a special effects cookbook. And he was self-published. He made over a million dollars with it, and you could hear his whole story. I bet that'll be pretty inspiring to you because he had a crazy idea. He loved science fiction, and he loved cooking, and he had this crazy idea in his head to come up and combine special effects and cooking, and he went home and created his special effects cookbook. Since then, has sold over 500,000 of them, made over a million dollars from it, and he's been all over TV. Every major newspaper in the world has run a story on him, and he said, because I just re-listened to this interview, he thought recipe books always sell, and they do. If you look at the top ten bestsellers over the years, cookbooks always sell. 
They always sell. So what I would tell you is with a recipe book, don't be some boring, old, normal, average recipe book. Do something really special, something different. Look at what he had. He had a special effects cookbook, cakes that breathed, cakes that smoked, cakes that had a beating heart. Things like that. Yeah, wow. That's what it is. Wow. And that's what you want. You want a wow cookbook. Don't do anything ordinary or boring. You've got to have someone say, wow. You get that wow, and you can be the next million-dollar self-publisher with your cookbook. Absolutely. And see, really with the question that I actually gave you now, I feel a little bit silly because actually I was going to do one of those really boring everybody's probably done it type cookbooks. I mean, the ideal that I had was do recipes of all the popular restaurants that are out there now. The only thing about that is I've done a little bit of research, and there's three or four other cookbooks out there that are e-books, actually, that are doing about the same thing. The only thing that I was going to do that was possibly different was maybe put more recipes in, because I noticed with a lot of the e-books, they have maybe four or 500 recipes, and I actually was able to compile maybe about 1,500. That's over. You don't need 1,500 recipes. Just look for that wow factor. Do some research. Research cookbooks online and look at hundreds and hundreds of pages of cookbooks and look for something really unique. You might find a cookbook already out there that has that wow factor, but maybe it's in a printed form and maybe the person has no idea how to use the Internet and you can approach them and try and acquire the digital rights to it and have that converted into an e-book. You may find some wow cookbooks in public domain that you can get the rights to. You may find the product already out there, negotiate digital rights to it, and you can have exclusive internet rights to the book. And it's probably out of print. You can contact the publisher. There's a great new interview on my site with Melvin Powers. He sold millions and millions of books, and he talks about how to get and acquire the rights. He was a self-publisher and also went through traditional publishing, and you can learn how to do that. Actually, that was one of my questions. How do you go through the process of actually getting rights to market a product digitally? You basically ask for it. You know, like I said, if you found a great book that had that wow factor, let's say you found it on Amazon, the title, and you contacted the publisher and they're not selling it anymore, you can contact the publisher and you can say, hey, I'm interested in your book. Now, I'm going to send you to resources that will give you a more detailed education. In the Melvin Powers interview, you'll have word for word of what you say when you contact that publisher, and you can just model that. And then there's a simple contract, and the Melvin Powers interview tells you where you can find the contracts for free. And it's just a mystery because you've never done it, but it's done all the time. And yes, you can acquire rights to a book from a publisher. The publisher isn't doing anything with it. The publisher will get a royalty. You'll learn about that in the Melvin Powers interview. And that is doable. And then you don't have to create your product. How's that for easy? That sounds great. Really what I was going to do is try to make this a really easy process. I mean, it's not complicated, but with the ebook, really what I wanted to do with that was just make a few quick bucks to actually get into something that I'm a lot more interested in. I'm really not into the recipe book, but I know it sells, and that's why what I want to do is just keep it an ebook. Mm-hmm. and I never really thought about doing that project with audio, because I figured how could you do a recipe ebook with audio? I mean, does it market the book better, or is it... You could actually create the product around the recipe. Yeah, you can create a whole audio product around the recipe. Let me ask you this. You're not really interested in the cooking. What are you really interested in? That's a tough question because I'm interested in a little bit of everything, but really the thing I'm obsessed with right now is 
for some reason I picked up playing poker, and I'm just obsessed with the game right now. But I don't know how I could turn any poker product or anything into something that's actually viable as a product. Well, poker, I mean, that's a huge hungry market. It's a great market to go into. There's all kinds of people who are developing interest in poker and blackjack, and you can sell information products on that. What if you interviewed the world's top ten poker players? and interviewed them on how to identify tells. And you kept it just, you know, tells tell all, secrets from the 10 top world's best poker players. And you kept it real specific. All you did is interview them on how they're able to tell tells. You know what a tell is, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. And you keep it real specific. There's millions of poker players who would love to hear the advice from other experts. You don't have to be the expert. All you got to be is the person interviewing the expert. Have you listened to a lot of the recordings in the audio marketing secrets, some of the consults? that I've done with others? Yes, and a little bit of it to me. I'm maybe making it more complicated than what it is. Right now, I'm really scared to actually do anything as far as audio because to me, like I said, I know how to write, and the first inclination I had was just to write an ebook to start with and then maybe go from ebook to maybe audio. Get over the fear, okay, because there's nothing to be scared of. You typed out all your questions in front of me. Let's say that those were your questions and you were going to interview me, really, which is kind of what it is. You're interviewing me with questions. It's no different. How hard is this? You're at home, right? Right. You're on your phone. Let's say you had all your questions in order and you were going in order. Big deal. You're doing it right now. All you got to do is have your digital recorder turned on. And you know how to write. You can come up with the questions. So you have all your questions in front of you. And then you're just doing the same interview over and over again with different experts. The only thing you're going to have to do is write an invitation to the expert to see if they'd be willing to be interviewed for your new book. If fear is what's making you do the book before the audio, I'd get over that because you're interviewing me right now and listeners would want to hear this. If I was an expert in poker and I was telling you my strategies on telling tells, people will pay for that. And it's a lot easier to sit there on the phone and ask questions than it is to write a book. That takes time, effort. All you're doing, you're reading your questions, you're asking me questions, you're capturing every word on a digital recorder, and then you pay someone to transcribe it into word-for-word document. Boom. You're done. Doing the recordings and the audio and the transcripts is a lot easier than writing a book. So I'd say if that's what's making you write the book, forget the book. Just go to audio because the transcripts of all your interviews together is your book. And you can sell the audio recordings for ten times you can for the book. I definitely agree with you with that. It's really the combination of the two, the fear and the fact that I'm really starting with absolutely no money. Great. Okay, you got no money. But do you have no, no money or you got a couple hundred bucks? I really have no, no money. All right, but you got a phone, right? Yes, I do have a phone. Can you scrape together 100 bucks to start your business? That's very doable. Okay, you can go on eBay. You need a digital recorder. Oh, well, I am aware of that. I did check it out on eBay. Okay, you can pick those things up for probably 20 bucks. A used one, you have online access, right? Yes. You can get freewares of the editing software. You've got my audio marketing secrets product, which is going to teach you what to do. You can send email, right? You know how to write a letter and an invitation. You got that. You got a phone line. You're in business. You got to put the product together first. That's going to be the hardest part. I'm thinking a mile a minute here, and obviously the digital equipment, like you said, isn't that big of a deal. I do have internet access. I do have a phone, but I'm thinking the thing that I'm also concerned about is how expensive creating a website will be, web hosting. You can get a URL for $7. You can host your website for under $10 a month. 
the other thing I would be concerned about is the whole HTML thing. Look, if you don't know how to do it, that is a big learning curve. Go on Craigslist and put an ad. Find some high school kid who's willing to help you out for, you know, eight bucks an hour. Have him come over and set your website up. You have it all written out in Microsoft Word and say, here's what I have. Here's what I want my website. You organize it in Word. So you have a home page, a sales letter page, whatever. Get it all typed out in Word, which you can do. And then you get someone to help you put that up onto a website and to create a nice little design. And you can get a kid to do that for you who really knows what they're doing for, you know, five, six, seven, eight bucks an hour. Wow, because whenever I think of having someone do the web designs and things of that nature, I'm always hearing these huge astronomical No, 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 no. Look, there are so many people who know how to put up websites that you can hire. You can hire off of Elance, E-L-A-N-C-E dot com. Craigslist, you post an ad, it's a gig, say, hey, I need help getting a website posted. Give me a call, willing to pay eight bucks an hour. You'll have emails with resumes coming to you off the hook. Just tap into someone else's brain. Anything you can't do, there's someone who will do. Okay. Well, I'm always thinking about cost because I'm thinking of this as like a traditional business and you're going to run into cost and don't want to run out of money in the middle of cost. Well, it's not cost. It's an investment, okay? Because you get this thing done, you invest your time and get a good product, get some good interviews. It's an investment that will pay you over and over and over again. It's just an investment. It's not cost. Well, I guess i got to change my mindset. That's right. It's a little money machine. Once you get it going and it's set up and you've put it in and it's up online and you've got something valuable, it's a little money machine that will pay you over and over again. You do the work one time. All right? All right. The one big thing that I really liked about your site that pretty much I had always instinctively known, but I just didn't know there was a word for it and I wasn't thinking about it in the correct way, was the joint ventures. I really have a lot of questions about that, but I'm actually going to keep it short. And I was just wondering, what is the standard criteria you look for actually in a good JV? Not something that's going to make you a little bit of money, but something that will actually make you good money. The product itself, the margin. It's all of the above. Let's say, for instance, you did the work and you had your Tell of Tells interview series from Masters of Poker, okay? And let's say it was five audio interviews from world-class experts who reveal all their secrets for telling tells. Okay, so you've got a product, right? But you've got no list because you're broke and you just started out. But you do own something valuable. You own a product that's very valuable and very well put together, okay? And that's why you need to do it right from the beginning. Work hard to get a very good quality product. Look, that one special effects cookbook, he sold over 500,000 of them. He's made over a million dollars with it, but he had to do a lot of hard work at first. And it's a quality book with a lot of value, but he's able to sell it over and over again. So you do the same thing when you create your product. Then what you need are names. You need Someone with a list. So you would approach, say, someone who markets products to poker players. Let's say, for instance, and I know specifically on eBay, there are eBay power sellers who have feedbacks in the six, seven, eight thousand, and they sell those inexpensive poker chips. Okay? You can bet that someone who buys a set of poker chips may be interested in poker. Would you agree? Yeah. What if you approach them? And most businesses are doing very little upselling or cross-selling. They never get in touch with their customers, but one thing with eBay, for example, when someone buys a set of poker chips off eBay, that vendor who sells the chips has their email address, their name, their mailing address, etc., all in a database on PayPal. You know what PayPal is, right? Yeah. 
they may not even know it, but they can go into their PayPal account and let's say they establish and have been selling on eBay for five years. They'll have a database that they can download as an Excel file or a CSV file of every single name, email, mailing address. They will have contact information for everyone who's ordered a set of poker chips. And you can approach them, introduce yourself, say, I've just published a book with a series of audio interviews called The Teletells, which is interviews with this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, revealing all their most secret ways for telling tells, and how would you like to do a deal? You've got a list of customers that you've sold poker chips to. I've got this product, and I think they would love it, and all you have to do is send out an email, which I'll write to your list, introducing my product and sending them to my website. Let them listen to the first 10 minutes of each one of the interviews. We sell the product for $97. You get to keep half, and then I keep half. You can do it as a digital product, and then let's say he has six, seven, eight thousand people on his list, and he sends it out, and you get 100, 200 orders, and you each make 50 bucks a pop. So you had the product of value. He had the list. He probably never followed up with anything else. All he was doing was selling clay poker chips, and then you've got a win-win deal. What's it to him? All he's got to do is send out an email. Win-win, joint venture, you've combined resources, a good product, and you used his list. And guess what's going to happen? Let's say you sell 50 or 100 of them that first time. He can hit his list again in a week and probably get the same amount of sales. And then he can hit his list in another two or three months. If you make money for him, he'll continually do joint ventures with you. Let's say it goes real good and you do another five interviews. Then you can come back to him. So if you make him money, you know he'll say, hey, come up with another product for my list. You never know what's going to happen. So that's my short joint venture course. I did actually order the course. And the other big thing I had was actually the mechanics of how paying people work. Because right now I'm kind of doing something. It's like an affiliate, except it's more of a joint venture because you actually do split the profits with the person who created the product. I didn't create it, but the person I'm dealing with created it. The only problem I'm having is, well, first of all, getting it in front of my core audience, which is accountants but I don't know how to do it online. You're listening to an exclusive interview found on Michael Sinoff's hardtofindseminars.com. So the mechanics of splitting the money? Well, the situation I'm kind of in right now is I'm doing a joint venture with a person who's created a way to increase referrals for accountants. But the problem I'm having, first of all, is trying to find out where accountants hang out online. And then once I go from there, trying to hook up with people who maybe have like a newsletter or something, for example, that does kind of cater to accountants, how to get it in front of those accountants. And then once I do get it in front of them, how do I pay the person who created the product? How does the person who has the list get paid? And then how do I get paid? All right, so you found someone who already has a little system that they're marketing to accountants and you struck up a deal with them. They said, hey, you can sell my system and for everyone you sell, you'll make what? Well, it's $150 a month and I get four. $45 a month. Basically, you got yourself a little sales job. Yeah. All right, so you're cold call prospecting. You have no prospects to offer that product to. Right, but I was mm. finding that the cold call... I don't like it, and I mean, I would get as far as maybe getting the person's email and seeing them out the information, and they wouldn't hear it. All right, here's the thing. If you were the owner of the product and you controlled it, then that's fine. 
because then, let's say that was your product, okay? And you had CDs and a book and a system on how to do that. Then you can approach the joint venture partners, like the example on eBay. So let's just say you found a newsletter that went out to over 100,000 accountants, and you could contact the publisher of the newsletter and approach them and explain that I have this product, you know, how accountants can generate a flood of leads, and you can negotiate a deal with the newsletter publisher. If they promote it, you'll split it 50-50. Well, there's enough money to do that because you control the product. But since this guy controls the product, you're the middleman. You're only making 45. Then you end up being like a joint venture broker and hoping for maybe 10% of the deal. It's just too messy. That's why it's real important to own and control your own product. And you can develop your own product as long as you can write your questions down, pick up the phone, and get someone to say, yes, I'd be willing to be interviewed on any type of subject. You've got to keep control over your product. Don't be a middleman. You know, first of all, there's not enough margins in it. You know, you need to make money, right? Right. So invest the time and come up with your own product, one that you can control. You could go out there and work for this guy and get all kinds of deals set up, but he could go around you. You know, he may not pay you. Let's say you set up and worked hard to get a good joint venture deal with a newsletter publisher, and the publisher may just bypass you and go directly to him. That's true, because it's not necessarily him I don't trust, because I do trust the person who created the product. It's just the other person I have to deal with that, yeah, maybe. And believe me, it happens all the time. I mean, you know, these joint ventures can go bad, but if you control your product, you'll have more control over the outcome. Well, see, the reason why I got excited about that is the fact that I didn't have to go to the trouble of creating my own product, and I was also listening to an example of something that you actually did. I know. I do talk about if you just absolutely don't have a product, you can do that. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I would stress the ideal way is to get the control of your own product because it's so easy to do. You can do it. It'll be so much better if you do that. I do like the idea of actually being in a lot more control because, like you said, as a third party or the middleman, you really don't have a whole lot of control. Yeah, there's been a lot of joint ventures where I've gotten screwed. It's just human nature. It's just going to happen. It's going to happen to you, too. I see what you mean, though. It does make a lot more sense to have control over your own product because it could still happen, but it's less likely that it would happen. That's true. There's one other question I do have. Whenever you're actually trying to get into a market that you don't really know a whole lot about, you're fairly certain it's a hungry market, but I know you stress interviewing the experts. How do you actually test the market to see if it's as hungry a market as you think? Because you think that it's a market that people would be willing to maybe invest into, but maybe it turns out that it's not, because I do have a few ideals. Mark, give me a specific. Well, one I was thinking about because it seemed kind of interesting because whenever I was growing up, I was really into a lot of different things. And as a journalist, you kind of get into the whole aspect of interviewing all sorts of people who do all sorts of interesting things. One example I wanted to try was maybe doing something that I would call job shadowing where I do do the audio product of maybe some experts in certain interesting careers and maybe try to package it towards high school and college students to kind of do like a job shadowing thing, what they did when they were in high school and college to get to the career they're in now and what they do in their career. I don't even know if there's a market for it. I don't even know how to test something like that. Yeah, and would they pay for something like that? Yes. 
Yeah, that's the thing. You're going to have to research. You're going to have to see, are there other products that are similar to that? Are there books on the subject? How are the books selling? You can call and talk to the publishers of those books. Depending on what it is, every type of industry has an association, whether it's accounting or speakers or advertising professionals. Every one of them have a national association. And what you can do is you can go to those national association websites, and they put on seminars, and they bring in speakers from all over the place to speak at these seminars. And you can look at the topics of what the speakers are coming in and speaking on, and you can get a pretty good idea what that market is hungry for. But you can also find experts within any industry through these associations. They're a great resource. You can talk to people who are in the type of business that you're trying and considering going after and do your research. So it's all about research and digging. Don't guess. Okay, because I really don't want to guess or create a product because I do like the idea of finding the hungry market first and then creating the product that solves the problem. You don't want to go through the trouble of creating a product that no one's going to want. That's exactly right. Be a student of markets. That's right. Right. And the other product I was thinking about, I'm not real certain because it was something I was interested in a long time ago, but it really just was a lot more work than what I thought it was, but I thought it was really interesting. It just wasn't for me. It was kind of like a home study course that got you into a business called Judgment Recovery. I've seen maybe two or three products that are similar to the one I have, but there's really not many out there. And actually, I wanted to approach this woman who I guess is kind of the originator of the business ideal, but what the business is is actually trying to go after judgments for people who don't know the process. Like if you win in a small claims court, there's nothing that forces that person to pay what's owed. See, I know what you're talking about. Okay. Okay. She has like a little course that's really just a manual, and I was thinking of maybe approaching her and getting something going as far as an audio. I think that's a great idea because now you're offering a business opportunity, and there's a lot of potential money in that. You can always sell a business opportunity for a lot more money than you can just a regular product. How much is he selling her little book for? I think she's selling it for 100 bucks. It's a really big manual because I've already purchased it, and I think there's a disc that has the forms on there that you use, but outside of that, it's really just a disc with the forms and a mm-hmm. manual. And I think she gives you help on a website or something. The website is like a membership site, but I really didn't like the membership site, and I didn't find it helpful at all. Yeah, is the book pretty thorough? Yes, it is. It's pretty thorough, but I think it could be a lot more thorough because whenever I was doing it, it still left a lot of unanswered questions. And as far as the membership site goes and trying to get your questions answered, it wasn't really helpful. Okay, so she's got a book. And when you listen to the Melvin Powers interview, you can look at it this way. You can say you're a publisher, an Internet publisher, and does she sell the book as a digital product? No. Why don't you see if you can get the digital rights and you can pay her a royalty on sales? So you approach her, you say you're an Internet publisher, you're looking at her judgment recovery course, you're looking at a couple different ones, and you'd be interested in possibly acquiring the digital rights of that book and marketing it online, and you'd be willing to pay royalty on sales. And so you may be able to pick up the Internet rights for nothing, and then you just take her book, have it turned into a PDF document. You can negotiate that you have all the rights to use her marketing and promotional material because understand she's making money on the books but I'm sure she's making money on other stuff she may have clients who call her and hire her to do the judgment recovery where she makes more money than she does just on the course there's more money in it for her and you're promoting her 
You're doing the marketing, but it's her name on the book, and so that's free publicity for her, and she'd be dumb to say no, especially if she doesn't understand how to market online or isn't Internet savvy. Okay. Great idea. I like it. I think there's money in it, and I think even doing it as a business opportunity could be exciting if you've got the wherewithal and the stick-to-itiveness to do it. All right, you're getting all excited. The ideas are popping in your head like Orville Redenbach or popcorn. And I'm trying to actually stick with one thing at a time because, like I said, I know with most people who are experienced in this, they could probably run with two or three different ideals at once and make it all work. Maybe the best thing for me to do is pursue one ideal at a time. See, if you can negotiate the rights for her course, the digital rights to it, or find five or six things, and maybe you'll get one person to say yes out of six, it's no skin off her back to say yes, because she's probably not doing anything with it online anyway, or maybe she is. But that doesn't take much effort or time for you to do that. But if you can get the exclusive digital rights to market her course on the Internet, that's a big win for you. Then you've already got a great product, plus you position her as the expert, and it's not you saying, look how great I am. There's a lot of value in you promoting an expert, but because you have the rights to it digitally, that's a coup. That's valuable to you right there. And since she's already done, she's probably got a sales letter, and she's got marketing material and promotion. Do you negotiate that you have the rights to use that in your online promotions? That really saves you a lot of time, and since you're only paying her a standard royalty, you'll learn more about that in the Powers interview. It's not that much. I mean, 10% royalty, so if you sell her product as a digital product for 100 bucks, you may have to pay her 10 bucks. but it's money she would have never had before. It's not like you're paying her 50% on a joint venture deal. Right. And see, I think it's 100 Now that you asked me the question, I'm actually thinking it might have actually been more, and I just picked it up from someone else who had it before. You shouldn't pay any more than maybe 12 13% royalty. She may say, yes, you got to feel her out. You may offer a 5% royalty. I know she has a website. I don't like the website. I mean, not from the perspective, oh, it looks good or it doesn't look good. It's a long page and just real dry sales copy. I know that I've been to the site, and that was a lot to read. It wasn't even really sales copy. It was a little bit of background about the industry. She's boring, but you're a skilled writer. You're a journalist. You can make that better. You could take and do your own website and market it as a digital product and have a lot better marketing. It's been quite some time because this was maybe a year, a year and a half ago, and I haven't been to the site recently. So I'm hoping, like you said, someone else didn't pick up the idea. No. There's millions of products out there that you can go after, and getting digital rights is, I think, a real good way to go because it's great to sell a product where you don't have to ship anything. It's really nice. And that's what really turned me on to this business because before I wanted to get into eBay, but I looked at all the hours that you have to put in. Very time-consuming. I thought, this is really just another job. The whole point of me taking a year off to maybe try to get involved in a business was to be in a business, not be self-employed. I agree. Can you think of any other stuff? I really think you answered a lot of the hard-hitting questions that I had. And I think everything else just boils down to mechanics, I think, and I can obviously ask you that through email. Yeah. Well, you know, we want to make it easy, okay? Easy as pie. And the easiest thing as pie is I'm sitting here, I'm creating an information product with you. This recording I'll edit, and it won't take much editing, and I'll put an introduction on it, and I'll put an ending on it, and I'll turn it into a digital file, and I'll have it as an additional consultation that just adds value to the other consultations I've done for my audio marketing secrets, or I can use it as a promotional audio to promote my audio marketing secrets, or I 
could use this interview and compile it with six or seven other and have it in a book form. So now I've got a book of consultations on how to take a $28 book and turn it into a $3,900 information product, or I could title the book something different. It's valuable, and my little digital recorder is doing all the work. It's capturing every word of our natural conversation, you asking me questions, me answering them, me talking, me teaching. There's a lot of value to other people who are 23 and thinking, what are they going to do with their life? They want to be in a business, and you will have to pay someone to get it transcribed into word-for-word format, or you can do it yourself. It's either time or money, okay? But this is easy. I'm sitting in my chair. My shoes and socks are off. I'm in my home. I'm comfortable. No one's bothering me. You know, how hard is that? I'm talking on the phone. It doesn't get any easier than that. It'll take effort to get through the fear of doing it the first time. But once you overcome the fear, and but the thing is, you've done it. This is your first interview. You've interviewed me. You're a journalist. You have all your questions in front of you. All right, I'll give you a quick story. My next interview is with a guy named John Barnes. That's in about 15 minutes. And let me tell you about this guy. He was a musician, and he was looking to make some extra money. And I don't know all the details because I haven't interviewed, but just based on my research. And he has a website called TheUltimateTaxi.com. There's millions of yellow taxi cabs all over the world, right? Right. Or green ones in Mexico, whatever. There's millions of taxis all over the world. Have you ever been in a taxi? Oh, quite a few times. They all basically look the same? The ones I've been in. Well, this guy's got the ultimate taxi. This guy has his taxi decked out with strobe lights, with an electronic keyboard, with a drum set, with black lights, with neon dance lights. It is a moving disco. He's got a laptop computer. You'll come in there. He'll take a picture of you. You put these 3D glasses on. He'll take you for a ride around Aspen. He's out of Aspen, Colorado. He'll take you on a 30-minute ride. He's got a saxophone. He's a musician. He'll entertain you. He'll do some magic tricks for you. This guy, he wanted to create the most incredible transportation experience ever. And on a good month, he can make $12,000 a month, he said in an article. I don't know how old that article was. He's been featured all over TV. You know, Rachel Ray Cooking, Newsweek did a story on him. And you got an interview with this guy? Yeah, so I'm going to be interviewing him in 15 minutes. Now, I prepared for my interview. I have all my questions laid out. I don't even have to think. I just read my questions and then shut up and let him answer them. I wish I had done the same thing with the questions I had. I'm assuming it's going to be a great interview. I'm going to talk about how he got the idea. I'm going to ask what's the craziest ride. He's had Ringo Starr in his car. He said Michael Douglas, all these famous people. So he took one idea and just did something a little bit different. Is it just for the exposure, or is he trying to maybe create something where other taxi cab drivers... I'm going to find out his whole story, so that's what I'm going to find out in the interview. I'm getting ahead of myself, because it sounds like I'm really into the whole getting into people's heads and stuff like that. That sounds awesome. But I had my assistant set it up. I didn't even have to approach him. That's another idea. You can get an assistant to claim that they're your assistant, and you'd request an interview with them. It's good positioning, too. So I've never even talked to him. I'll talk to him for the first time here. But the idea is he did something that millions of other taxi drivers could have done. He just wanted to do something different. He had the guts, and he just did it. You know, a lot of media, I'm sure he has a lot of fun with it. He loves technology, and he's turned something that's a pretty mundane job into something extraordinary. Check out his website, ultimatetaxi.com. His name is John Barnes.
That's the end of my interview with Brittany. I hope this has been helpful. Please make sure you listen to my other consults with my other Audio Marketing Secrets students. If you're interested in my Audio Marketing Secrets course, you can go to www.hardtofindseminars.com forward slash capital A, capital M, capital S, dot htm. Thanks for listening. For more exclusive interviews on business, marketing, advertising, and copywriting, go to Michael Senoff's hardtofindseminars.com.